This podcast is produced by Arts Council England. For more content like this, visit artscouncil.org.uk or soundcloud.com forward slash Arts Council England. So I'm a freelance editor, translator and researcher. I'll just um, briefly introduce the project and then I've split the rest of it just into advice advice I would give to somebody starting a similar one, research advice I'd give to somebody starting a similar project, rights, uh, and that's about it. Um, only other thing to say is I am the visuals for this presentation, I'm afraid. Uh, there are things I could have brought along, but we decided that it wasn't really pertinent to um, what I'm saying. So um, the London Review of Books won one of the commissions for the space uh, with a pitch to reimagine the digital literary essay, and if it isn't obvious to you what that means, you aren't alone. Uh, it was deliberately an experiment, and as Will Self, the author, who's written the essay, has been reminding us uh, the word originally means an attempt. So it's a deliberate exploration of what might be done uh, that's new in the literary world um, for where we are now, because up to here, uh, digital publishing has often tended to mean a facsimile copy of something following the traditional route, you know, later, or at the same time, just sticking it on the internet or whatever. It's surprising how much of that is still going on, considering how long we've been in the digital era. So they wanted to see if you, can you make uh, a literary writing project that's digital from its inception? Uh, So my part in that was to do research on ideas that Will Self was sending to me, uh, give him the results of that research where possible, notes on it where it wasn't. Um, Hopefully that will have fed into his creative process, along with a lot of other digital content that was being produced by staff and students at Brunel University, where he works, um, and various other things. He filmed himself going to Prague, uh, filmed himself writing the essay, uh, which I haven't seen yet, but I'm looking forward to. Um, and the essay is called Kafka's Wound, and it's a theory. I won't attempt to sum it up. Uh, you'll have to read it to find out, but it's basically the, the uh, a wound, the idea of the wound has been used as a kind of overarching metaphor for a theory about um, our sense of humour and also the way we perceive irony following the experiences of the two great wars, the two world wars, excuse me. Um, so my brief included uh, Kafka manuscripts, footage of Franz Ferdinand's assassination in 1914, uh, Prague between the wars, uh, any European public intellectuals talking about Kafka, German hyperinflation in the 20s, Uh, Renaissance paintings of Christ on the cross featuring the wound from the centurion spear prominently. Um, The Nazi camp at Theresienstadt. Uh, And it was video, audio, stills, text, anything else that was of interest. And he really deliberately didn't make it, um, he didn't really give me specific instructions quite deliberately. He just gave me those ideas and said, go and find stuff. And in fact, when I said, you know, you're planning this, you're planning that, do you want this? He declined to declined to be specific, so he just said, you know, find the things that you think are the best. So, um, to come on to practical points that came out of this, you can imagine that the institutions I could have consulted, um, the number of institutions was very big, uh, because that's art, um, war, medicine, literature. Um, So my first piece of advice in the section, advice I would give somebody Uh, starting a project like this in terms of research is to find a few institutions uh, that are going to be useful and focus on them. I think I possibly made a mistake of spreading myself too thinly um, and doing an enormous number of 
well, booking research appointments straight away at all of the places I could think of um, without planning, well, without investigating first whether they were going to have much for me. And so um, I would say that it's worth researching where to do your research um, quite thoroughly. Uh, and the next point follows on from that. Once you've chosen a few institutions that you think will be useful, and the two that were most useful to us were the Imperial War Museum, for obvious reasons, it's largely about conflict, the project, or war, um, and the Wellcome Collection, who have a huge collection of, on medical history. Um, the next point is to try and form a decent relationship there if you can. So uh, where I could, I made uh, a contact and had an initial conversation with somebody who knew uh, more about the collection than I did and who can certainly fast forward you through a process of looking in an online catalogue. Uh, and it's very, very helpful. Um, there's someone at the Wellcome Collection who is a research engagement officer. And so it is positively his job to help people like me find the things that we're looking for. And it is amazing how when you think that you've got a library catalogue on your computer screen, how much more somebody who knows about it can do um, with that same screen and keyboard. Um, there's a corny anecdote about a plumber going around someone's house to fix a leak, and he listens to the pipes for sort of two or three minutes, takes out a hammer and taps one of them once, and then sends a bill for 100 quid. And the guy says, you tapped one pipe with a hammer once. What, what cost 100 pounds? And he sends an itemized bill that says, tap with hammer one pound, knowing where to tap, 99. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's really important here. Uh, so use other people's knowledge, because I think researchers, a bit like journalists, can't really be expected to be experts in a given field at the beginning of a project, unless you've been doing it a long time, and that's exactly what you're being consulted for. So borrow the brains of other people, I would say, um, which takes me on to the next point, which is just talk about your projects as much as you can to uh, friends, colleagues, and so on, because you never know what might come up uh, and save you a lot of research time. Uh, last point in this section is limit the scope. Uh, because my brief was so big, he said, take all these ideas and basically anything else that occurs to you and you know, find cool stuff. Um, I had to, and because I was also hired for a, uh, an allotted time period, uh, which may be applicable to projects you're doing, I don't know, uh, I had to find a point some way through that where I needed to say, uh, this is all getting very interesting, but uh, you know, certain amount of time left, a lot of practical stuff to do. Um, and following on from that is having a good tracking system, and this takes us on to rights. Um, this is a little advert for Google. Um, sorry about that. I'm sure there are other people producing very good uh, open source, uh, well, wiki spreadsheets, but because I wasn't working at, at the offices in the magazine mostly, um, but because somebody there was doing most of the following up on rights, um, somebody else was doing all the technical um, receipt of material and so on, um, the best way of doing it was for me to manage a spreadsheet that contained all the info, and then you don't need to ring people up and email people all the time. You just consult it, see if it's updated, see if something's in yet, uh, what format it's in, and so on. Um, oh, lastly on that, uh, I budget, I, well, I budgeted my time for research and rights clearance, but I didn't really think about, this has been touched on already today, uh, how much paperwork would build up. Uh, and like I say, we, we had someone at the magazine basically looking after that. Um, as far as I can tell, it took up most of her day for some days, or weeks even, uh, because every time you apply for something, 
there'll usually be two processes. One is the licensing, the other is production, and those might be completely separate, might be separate people, separate departments, separate costs, different bits of paper, um, and you really need to have a person who's going to be in charge of that process, and they really need to have plenty of time to do it because it isn't just ticking a box. You know, there'll be lots of consultation to do on the precise use, and you have to be very sensitive about material that belongs to other people that you're using. Um, so, yes, this takes us on to the right bit, rights bit. Um, again, it's been touched on, but you can't start early enough. And again, a, a mistake I think I made was staying at the ideas phase for too long. So, I only wanted to hand something on to the author when I had uh, a decent grasp on exactly what it was, what the relevance was to the project, and then I regarded investigating the rights of that as a kind of admin matter. Actually, uh, I don't think there'd ever be anything wrong with saying to people, as soon as you arrive, as soon as you start researching a project, if I license photos in your archive, um, how long would it take to produce them? What sort of prices are there? Are we going to be able to use them in this way? Uh, and then right at the beginning, you can start narrowing things down. Um, and my chosen corny analogy here is pushing uh, a trolley around a supermarket. Uh, nobody's going to accuse you of shoplifting if you just if you leave it at the door or put some items back before you go to the checkout. You know, you can start asking, you can ask, I mean, you can negotiate rights right up to signing a contract. Obviously, you don't want to annoy people and take up their time unnecessarily. But you can go as far as you like without putting signatures on something uh, to help you practically. Uh, so yes, don't hesitate to make practical inquiries from the start, however much fun uh, the research is. Um, and uh, be ready for that to take up lots of time. Um, I'm going to name a few examples of things that we've used uh, and how we got them. Uh, he wanted to look at the ways wounds have changed in, wounds changed in the 20th century, uh, and we needed good depictions of that. And unsurprisingly, now that I think about it, there aren't very many pictures of fresh wounds. It's quite gory. Um, it's based on a passage in a Kafka story which uh, features um, a very graphic description of a wound. Uh, unsurprisingly, there aren't very many pictures of fresh wounds from minutes ago in the trenches because people had other concerns. There are amazing collections of pictures of um, people waiting for transfers to field hospitals, um, the hospitals themselves, and so on. But um, I was put onto a series of pastel portraits of soldiers uh, who had suffered facial wounds and had plastic surgery reconstruction. Uh, by an army surgeon who was also an artist called Henry Tonks. Um, and that came about, so the practical point here is that came about with my conversation with the research engagement officer at the Welcome who just gave me this name. And those things weren't in the Welcome archive. They were with the Royal College of Surgeons. Um, but I'd never have come across this guy's name otherwise. So that just came out of a conversation. Um, next example is a fascinating um, quite appalling film called Hitler Gives a City to the Jews. I don't know if you know about it. Uh, it was a documentary, a kind of, um, a sham documentary made at the Theresienstadt camp um, in Czechoslovakia designed to persuade the world that the um, project uh, was a sort of humane, um, actually quite sort of positive societal one of collecting up Jewish people, putting them in these colonies where they're all given lots of things to do, uh, lots of entertainments and so on. Um, and it actually fooled uh, the Red Cross and various other authorities that were investigating it at the time. Anyway, I got that just by Googling. Um, I just 
you, you know, someone had mentioned it, Will Self had mentioned it to me, but I just Googled, quite easily found the um, National Center for Jewish Film that own it, uh, got in contact with them. Uh, they are very used to this, because you can imagine it's a very highly licensed thing. Um, sent me a viewing copy from the States. I watched it, easy process. Um, one point about easy processes is that they're often with institutions who are very used to these things because they have important material, uh, which is therefore very expensive. So a bit like a huge broadcaster, um, actually it'll usually in a practical sense be very, very smooth uh, and then get a huge bill at the end. Whereas a smaller organization, you know, it'll tend to be a bit more complicated. There are fewer known processes uh, and it'll be cheaper. Uh, so that's, yeah, another Google advert, I'm afraid. Uh, third example is BBC Newsnight. Uh, I think it was Ben who said, don't assume it's going to be difficult, Ben Green. Uh, and I couldn't agree more because I thought, you know, it's a BBC presenter interviewing over a video link uh, John Banville, the Booker Prize winning novelist, about newly found Kafka manuscripts in 2010. I thought, oh, I don't even want to try. You know, it was one of those onions that definitely makes you cry. Um, and it was free. Um, Will Self wrote an email to John Bamble saying, can we use this? He said, no idea what I said, but go ahead. Um, I asked our space mentor, you know, is this going to be hell on earth? He said, let me check. He said, no, it's free, it's yours. So, you know, minutes later, we had the item that I assumed would be the most complicated, the most rights-heavy, the most expensive. Um, in brief conclusion, this experience of going to all these different institutions, often not really knowing what I was looking for, for instance, searching the IWM audio archive for the word wound. You can imagine the results there. Um, not a very helpful searching method uh, of mine. Um, makes me dream of a kind of supermarket, uh, a one-stop shop, a bit like the Getty, the, you know, Getty Images website, where you look at the thing, it shows you it, loads of info, click on it, license this, answer five questions, 73 quid, buy. Um, you want that to be... We want one of those for everything, uh, in one sense. In another, we don't, because it would be less creative, probably less interesting, less potential for creative collaborations and relationships, which I've talked about a bit. Um, and the other thing is that this stuff is uh, valuable and important, and it's probably important that it remain with the people who know the most about it. So um, one last point, sorry, I know I'm going slightly over my time. Um, a Serbian man called Gavrilo Princip, who assassinated Archduke Franz Ferdinand and basically triggered the First World War. Um, there's a photo of him being arrested. So there isn't stock footage of the moment where he shoots him, uh, but there is a photo of him being dragged away by police. And obviously, quite an important guy, quite an important picture, um, owned by the Austrian State Archive, who I tried to negotiate with for a while on this. Uh, I don't speak German. Uh, they don't really speak English. Um, I got a letter with lots of numbers and lots of words on. I said, you know, what does this really mean for our purposes? And they sent me a letter and a PDF attachment to an email saying, we're not going to negotiate with you uh, in English. Um, we can't, we, we don't do that. We don't offer that. And, um, you know, that's fine. They, they didn't do anything wrong. They own the stuff. It's a very, very important picture. Um, and, uh, you know, we didn't have a, I don't speak German, what, what can you do? Uh, but they didn't really do anything wrong, if you like. Uh, you just have to accept that this stuff is important. Um, it's with people who know how to look after it and know how important it is. And they're in control, um, for better or worse. We used a slightly lower res one from the internet. <laughs>
<laughs> which is in the Commons, I should say. It's Creative Commons, that version. Just a very high res one is with the Austrian State Archive. A disclaimer, yeah, thanks. <laughs> okay, thanks, Ollie. This podcast is produced by Arts Council England. For more content like this, visit artscouncil.org.uk or soundcloud.com forward slash Arts Council England. <laughs>